Good afternoon, Living Hope. How are you today? Everybody's doing good? You know, we have a couple of our New Philly church members here, Brian and Jane. Why don't you guys give a little bit of a wave? <laughs> They're uh, in California uh, for a, a short while. And uh, on behalf of New Philly uh, to Living Hope, I just want to say how much you guys encourage us. Really, just being able to connect with you guys here, uh, not only on a personal level, but we connect with you guys because so many of our members, we receive so much of our blessings from Pastor Benjamin, Pastor Sonny, from the messages that they speak, uh, from the retreats that they speak for, as well as a podcast. So we know that you guys are going through the One Thing series right now, and uh, I'm believing that it's been powerful for you. Amen? Amen. You know, there's something about focusing and honing in on one thing. You know, and it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to try to, you know, put your finger on a bunch of different things. But there's something very precise about choosing one thing that God is highlighting and putting our efforts, our hearts to create substance in that area. And I just really believe that it's a powerful time. You know, I helped do that little graffiti thing over there. The one thing wins. And so I've been kind of looking at a little bit of the testimonies that have been going up so far. And it's powerful. It really is. I know that I've been blessed by this series so far. And so I'm really excited for you guys, and I'm excited to be here. My husband was invited to speak at the Young Adults Retreat, which is where they're at right now, and it was awesome. It was so good. The young adults, they're amazing. They really are. And it's such a diverse group of people from different backgrounds and uh, different families, different situations, different giftings, different strengths, different cultures. And just to see everybody come together and exchange that grace just in fellowship has been so powerful. And I know that the New Philly team that we brought up here, they've been so blessed. Uh, Just getting to know the Living Hope people, they've been so, so blessed. So I know there's been a lot of mutual edification that's been going on. And yeah, last night we went really late and the fire of God just fell and it was so powerful um, Pastor Vern, y'all know Pastor Vern, right? Let me tell you, he got hit with the fire. What's amazing, more amazing is his son, Anthony, the night before just got blasted by God. And, and I was praying for Pastor Vern later, uh, last night. And I was like, God, what you gave his son, double portion and double portion came. Let me tell you, he was hollering, man. He was just getting filled with the spirit. And it was so, it was so amazing. It was so, so amazing. And uh, one thing that I mentioned at the early morning uh, service was also that one way that Living Hope blesses us is just the way that you guys are multi-generational. And we love seeing families here. You know, um, New Philly, we're growing into that. You know, we have a couple of married couples. And actually, we have about five women in our church that are pregnant right now. Hallelujah. I don't know. It was like the floodgates just opened up and everybody just started getting pregnant. But we know we're going to step into the stage of being able to uh, be a ministry for families. And so when we see Living Hope, we get excited because you guys are ahead of the game in that way. And just to see all the different generations connecting, loving on one another, inspiring one another is just uh, really encouraging for us uh, as a young adults ministry just to, you know, look forward to the future. And so we're just so glad to be with you. I'm so happy to be with you. You know, even though I woke up at an ungodly hour, still, it was worth it. It was worth it. And I talked to all the parents, and they're like, what? That's not early? (laughs) Okay, one day, one day. One day I'll realize for myself that sleeping in becomes uh, (laughs) non-existent when you have children. But, you know, uh, today uh, I want to talk a little bit more about what Pastor Benjamin has been releasing to the house uh, about corporate spirituality. 
And I know this month in particular, that's where the focus has been, corporate spirituality. And uh, he's already touched a little bit upon uh, what I want to speak on tonight, but I want to go a little bit more into it. And I really feel like God has created us not just for our personal relationship with the Lord, but when Jesus returns, he's coming back for a church. He's coming back for a victorious bride together as one family. And even in Revelation, when we talk about the different lampstands and the different lampstands representing different churches, there's no, you know, uh, inclusion of just one person that Jesus is returning for. He's talking about a collective body. And so in that same way, the way that we relate to one another is so important. And the way that we connect to one another is also extremely important in understanding our relationship together as well as receiving the blessing of God for our lives. You know, God just doesn't manifest in our personal time with him. Of course he does, and that's powerful. But he also manifests a part of his love and a part of his fire and passion for us through people. And this is where community comes in. This is where commitment to one another comes in. And so today, I want to go a little bit deeper about the corporate spirituality and something that we need in our body in order to obtain a deeper level of intimacy with one another and, in effect, a deeper intimacy with God. And so I want to talk about transparency. I want to talk about vulnerability. And, you know, when I mention those words it's not comfortable to even listen to at times because we've become so good at covering ourselves, haven't we? And I'm a pastor, and I'll be the first one to admit that myself. You know, most of my life growing up in the church, one thing that I learned is how to cover things up. Because when you go to church, you got to put your best clothes on. You know, you got to get your hair all right. You got to come in with a smile on your face no matter what you're going through. The church that I grew up in, the experience and the idea, the perception that I had was you had to go in looking like you had everything all together. Especially if you're a leader. Especially if you're, you know, someone in a place of influence. Even if you're ushering, you got to have it all together you know what I mean? And, and of course, there's a, there's a good thing. There's a good teaching behind that of really just coming into the presence of God in faith, you know. But there's another side to it where I feel like we've overcompensated. And where God is really wanting to bring us to a place of connecting with one another by being transparent. You know, as I was sharing, I grew up in a church where it was easy to cover up. In fact, that's what I felt like church was about, covering up. And the result of that idea and culture of covering up was there was no intimacy. In fact, I had such a hidden life that I felt like people didn't really know who I was. Because so much of what I did and what I was a part of, people had no idea. And so my ability to receive God's love was only up to so much because I revealed only so much of myself. And so I want us to bring us to a place where we're, rebe- we're just bearing all. Why? Because when God's love comes, when we bear all, then we feel totally accepted. We feel totally received. The manifestation of God's love is complete and whole rather than just a portion. You know, we pray and we sing for that. Lord, give us the full portion, double portion. But, you know, how much we expose, how much we open up allows and determines how much of the portion of God is being poured out over ourselves. And so vulnerability is so, so important. I know growing up in an Asian-American church, vulnerability was considered a weakness. It's weak to show that you're struggling. It's weak to show that there's been some strife in the family. 
It's weakness to admit that you've been falling into some sin. It's weakness. But the truth is, it's faith to open up. It requires supernatural faith to bring to light what you've been keeping in the darkness. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy. In fact, it requires more strength to reveal than it does to hide. And we're called to be a strong church, a strong to walk in strength. And part of that strength is keeping it real with ourselves and with one another. We have to be able to come to church broken at times. We got to be able to come to church feeling and, and needing the support of our brothers and our sisters. We got to be able to come to church and say, listen, I need you to pray for me. And come with that heart and that attitude, believing that when someone prays, it's going to be done. We got to bring to light what we've been keeping in the dark. You know, um, I was sharing that Alethea and I, we've grown tremendously in our relationship with one another. You know, it may sound a little bit silly to you guys because Alethea is four. But listen, I, I sewed into that relationship when she was like two, I was so desperate for that girl to let me hold her. I mean, I gave her presents. I mean, I gave her whatever she wanted, and she just would not have it. I feel like babies, like, just can smell desperation. You know, it's like relationships. Desperation isn't attractive ever, you know, ever, whether that's romantic relationship or whether that's even with a child. And I was, like, desperate for her affection. She was like, mm. And she just didn't have anything to do with me. But slowly but surely, I prayed. And I got on my knees. I was serious. I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, open up our heart. And I began to connect with her and play with her. And I realized Alethea is a, a lot of uh, quality time. And so I just connect with her, quality time. We were playing. And now she asks for me. That's, that's a prayer answered right there. That's supernatural. Now she, you know, calls for me. She wants me to sit next to her. We just got really tight. And on this trip, we reached a new level of intimacy together in our relationship, because what we started to do is share secrets. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you, when you look around and you, you, you can tell who's your closest friend, but who knows the most about you? Who have you been really confiding in? Those are people that you trust and that you love and that you consider to be very dear to you. Who have you been opening up? What kind of secrets? Who knows your secrets? And Alethea and I, we've been exchanging secrets. You know, and the kind of secrets, and it's funny because we were riding in the car and we're sharing secrets, but it's like on the top of our lungs, you know. Let's share this secret. You know, everyone can hear, but, you know, we don't realize that. And we would share stories, and our secrets are about princesses and princes and, you know, all these things that she loves right now, Ariel and Rapunzel. And as we share these secrets, after each secret, we uh, pinky promise, don't tell anybody. And as we say, don't tell anybody, there's this intimacy and I could just tell, just even doing that, don't tell anybody. She just gets excited. Like she has my secrets and it makes her feel good. And she's given me her secrets and it's, it's made us feel closer together. You know, telling secrets, sharing secrets, it results in deep intimacy. It's true. We know that even in our friendships, in our relationships. You know, what we don't realize at times is when we begin to withhold things from other people, especially secret sins, maybe thoughts that you know you shouldn't be thinking, and the devil comes to accuse you and say, don't tell anybody. It's between us. Pinky promise. What's going on is all of a sudden you have a transaction of secrets between the enemy. And without realizing it, we're building intimacy, not with the Lord, not with the body of Christ, but with the enemy. Because it's just between me and him, the things that I do that people don't need to know about. 
The thoughts that I think that people don't need to know, it's just between pinky promise, devil. You know, we don't think that that's what's going on, but there's this intimacy, and, and PB was mentioning it later, covenant that we make with the enemy when we do that. A tie is between just me and you. And the enemy wants us so badly to keep things in the dark because when we allow things to stay in the dark, it thrives. When you expose things, you thrive. But when you hide the thing, that very thing that you're keeping a secret thrives. It grows and it grows and it grows. You know, think about an illustration with a plant. You want to plant a tomato plant, let's say. And my mom, she had a little garden in the backyard. I felt like she loved the garden more than she loved me because... She was saying the garden listened better. <laughs> you know, she would water the garden. And, and, and one thing that they had to do, her, uh, my father and my mom, it was like their thing to garden together, was they had to pull out weeds. It's just, it's a must. Because what weeds do is it suffocates the plants and it tries to steal the resources from the fruitful plant. And it takes the nutrients and it takes the things that the plant needs to grow and it steals it for itself and then weeds begin to flourish. And if you leave it for like a week or two without taking those bad boys out, it just explodes. And all of a sudden, there's like crazy amount of weeds everywhere. And it's interesting because our, the way that we hide things, the secrets that we keep, the things that we say are just between us and the devil, pinky promise, it does the same thing. What it does is it stunts our growth in God. It immobilizes us to get taller because it's taking resources for our growth for things that are not of God. And it begins to take away and other things, things of the enemy begin to flourish. Bitterness, anger, frustration, addiction, shame, guilt begin to flourish all in our garden where we're called to be fruitful. And so there's this understanding where we got to pull out the weeds in our garden. Pastor Sonny preached the message on the importance of soil. And she talked about the, so- the need of, of good soil in our hearts and different plants need different types of soil, right? Well, I'll add to that illustration. I want to talk about the weeds that grow. We got to pull out the weeds. But the way that you pull out the weeds is you begin to bring to light what you kept in the dark. And church needs to be a place where we can do that. It's got to be here. It's got to be here in this community because what safer place than the body of Christ? What safer place than the people that connect, know the Lord, love the Lord, experience the Lord, and can receive and give the mercy of God to one another? There's a grace that's here, but when we come and we don't open up and we keep things hidden, we walk away from receiving that grace. We disconnect ourselves from receiving that grace. You know, PB preached the message about plugging a vacuum into the source. You know, when you unplug it and you try to vacuum, it doesn't really work out, right? Even if you put the plug in for like 10 hours, the moment you unplug it and you try to vacuum, it's not going to work. In that same way, we got to plug into our community. We got to plug into our family because when we plug into our community, we're receiving the resources, the blessings, the grace, the testimonies into our lives. But too often we want to hold to ourselves because we're ashamed. We don't feel like people need to know what we're struggling. What will they think? What will they think if they know the thoughts that are going through my mind? And when we begin to think along those lines, we begin more and more authority to the enemy. More and more authority to the enemy over those areas in our lives. And today, we got to say enough is enough. We got to stop covenanting with the devil, and we got to start covenanting with one another. 
we got to come to one another and divulge the hidden things and receive acceptance and love and grace from one another. James 5, 16, it's one of the main passages that we do our healing deliverance ministry from. It says, um, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Because the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. You know, sometimes we think it's just between us and God. If I just confess my sins to God, it's all good. Yes, if you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But there is a power in confessing your sins to one another and praying for one another. And there is a healing anointing that gets released when we do that. And for some of us, we've been confessing and confessing and confessing to God, but we're still walking around wounded. We're still walking around with that pain. And what we need to do is to begin to open up to one another, begin to listen to one another, minister to one another, and receive healing through one another. It's time that we step into the realm of not keeping secrets with the enemy, but learning how to keep secrets with God. Learning how to go into intimacy with the Lord. You know, he wants to keep secrets with us. God wants to show us hidden things, unsearchable things, things of the kingdom that makes no sense to the world, but he wants to release that to you and I. But we're so focused on keeping this relationship intact because we don't want to be embarrassed, because we don't want to be ashamed. We don't want to be exposed. And what happens is we begin to disconnect ourselves from intimacy with God, the secrets of God, the, the delight in God, as well as the community. Come on, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, it's safe in this place. One more time. You got to mean it when you say it. It's safe in this place. One of the biggest breakthroughs that I had was watching Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny. Because if you know anything about their ministry, they're vulnerable. They're very transparent. In fact, there's not a single message that they preach that doesn't include something that God was doing personally through them or to them. And they're very uh, bold enough to share about some of the struggles that they've gone through, even together within their marriage, within their family, within themselves. It's just very candid and very open. And it's something I've never seen before growing up. And when I saw the power of, of being vulnerable, when I saw the power of beginning to share some of the things that we've been going through and some of the things we've been overcoming, I realized, wow, I got to tap into that. I got to tap into that. And what they did was they gave me permission. What I felt like was they gave me permission. They gave me permission to be real. They gave me permission to say, you know what? The truth is I've been really having a hard time in this area. I've been having a tough time in this area, and I need the grace that you carry to help break that off. If we all came to church believing that the prayers of a righteous man is powerful and effective, we'd all walk out of here completely set free. We would all ask each other, hey, you need to pray for me. Hey, can I pray for you? The power of our prayers, we would take that to another level. The demand that we would have for the prayers of one another, it would be so much greater. If we believed that the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. But often we think we got to be prayed for only by the pastor, the lead pastor. Or we think, and we'll just deal with it with God one-on-one. Because that's what, it's just about me and God anyway. When we do that, 
we miss out. When we do that, we lose the opportunity for a breakthrough. We lose the opportunity for breaking off of addiction in our lives. We lose the opportunity of a breaking off of a thought pattern that we've been having. We lose the opportunity of a breaking off of the power of unforgiveness in our lives. When we connect with one another, we're plugging into one another. And the grace that's in so-and-so is being spread to here and there and there. That's why it's like testimonies. When you hear testimony, doesn't your spirit stir up? And you begin to say, man, if God could do it for them, surely he could do it for me. That's grace being extended. And you can do that when someone preaches their testimony on the pulpit or when you just sit next to somebody and ask them, what's God been doing in your life lately? And that same power and that same grace can come upon you in that moment. One thing that I noticed at our church is it's funny. When, one's, when you think you're the only one struggling in that way, What we find out is so many people are struggling with the same thing. When the devil attacks, like he just attacked like multitude. And as a pastor, you know, I get to hear about all the different people and what they're going through. And it's interesting because so many times it's like 10 people told me the same thing they're struggling with. And if we just only opened up to one another... We could have just nipped that struggle in the bud with the quickness. But often the lie is you're the only one going through this. This is you by yourself. What the enemy wants to do is isolate you. Because the moment you're isolated is the moment you become easy prey. I was sharing earlier that my dad is, he really likes the nature channel. I don't, I, I was never really into it, but I watched it because, you know, when I spent time with my dad, like that's what he did, right? He watched the nature channel and one of his favorite things to do is see like the lions, like, you know, kill whatever prey and just the gore and the guts. I mean, he was just like so excited. He loved it. And so I just sit there, and I would, it would always be the same thing happening over and over. There'd be a herd of animals, right, like a herd of zebras traveling together in this large pack, and all of a sudden one zebra, you know, gets distracted over here and goes and looks over here, and it's by itself. And you just know it's like a countdown. That zebra's going to die in like 10 seconds. You just know, and the lion's already like looking and, and prowling, and it's got its eyes zoned in on that little lone ranger zebra, And the rest of the pack is moving forward. And there's that zebra left by itself. And 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, boom. It's done. And there's like a two-second struggle. You know, this is my zebra struggle. But the zebra has no chance. One zebra and a lion, it's done. But you'll notice that the lion will never go for the whole herd. He can't go for that hope because he knows he's, he, he's overpowered. If he goes for the big group, he knows he's not going to win. But if he goes for the little straggler that tripped or the little straggler that got distracted, easy prey. Too often we ourselves allow us to become easy prey. Through the deception of the devil, we isolate ourselves from the community. We step away from the grace of moving together. We step away from the strength of moving in one spirit and one heart. And we're here in our, I'm the only one that's going through this. And I can't tell anybody. It's our little secret. Pinky promise. And all of a sudden, boom, you begin to struggle like you've never struggled before. It started with the thought, but the thought becomes obsessive thinking. And then the obsessive thinking begins to become action. And the action begins to become addiction in your life. And it just goes on and on and on. But it starts with one thing that's kept secret. So my question to you is, what secrets have you been holding? 
What are some things that if I, if we put a flashlight over that area, you know, you just know you would be uncomfortable because you have yet to bring that to light. What's that area in your life? You know, we're called to be children of light. We have no part in fellowshipping with darkness. It makes no sense. In order to fellowship with darkness, we got to be not ourselves. We got to reject our identity in order to fellowship with darkness. And too much, we just, we just house darkness in our hearts. Just this area. 90% God. But this 10%, it's between me and the enemy. Pinky promise. The secrets that we have. And I feel like God wants to move us forward. Amen. He wants to move us forward into our destinies, into our callings, into new levels of breakthrough. But we got to deal with the areas that have been hidden for so long. And we got to declare that this is going to be a house that is going to have a culture of transparency, of vulnerability, where it is safe to come to one another. It is safe to share with one another. It is safe to receive prayer from one another. It's got to happen here in the house of God. And I know that it's not easy. But, you know, some things are worth going through the trouble for initially because it will become easy later. But what's easy now will become very difficult later. But we want to just choose what's easy at this moment, don't we? It's easy not to deal with it. It's easy not to look at it. But what's going to become difficult later on is when that small thing grows into a tree in your life. Try cutting that down. God wants us to be able to just start when it's just a seed. Just take it out. Take it out. Listen, this is a thought I had. Listen, this is something I fell into. I want to just expose it right now. I don't want to give the devil any authority over this area in my life. So I'm going to expose it right now at this moment, knowing that there is power when we bring into light what we kept in the dark. And God wants you to experience that kind of freedom. You know, it can be anything from sin patterns. It could be the way that you think about people in the church. It could be a way that you think about people in leadership. Maybe something that you, that you know. You know that you know. I know that this is not in agreement with God's word. I just know that. I know that this is not in agreement with who God says I am. It's time that we just forsake the secrets that we've kept with the enemy. Amen. It's time that we break those ties. It's time that we walk away from investing in intimacy with him and start moving towards intimacy with one another and intimacy with God. And I want to give you guys this opportunity today because, you know, I love living hope. And I got a chance to really get to know some of the leaders in this house, and they're really amazing. And one thing that I know about the leadership of this house is that they've been through things as well. And they all have their own testimony. And I promise you, when you go up and if you confide in a leader, there's going to be no judgment. There's going to be no condemnation. There's going to be no accusation. What you're going to see and experience is love. You're going to experience grace. And I think it's time that we tap into that. I want you guys to just close your eyes with me. And I know that this is a very basic idea of just walking with the Lord that we're told at an early age, you know, that we're 
supposed to confess everything to God. But it's funny, you never graduate from the basics. You know, PB preached the message about you never graduate from repenting. You know, you never surpass repentance. Repentance is something that we continue to grow in and mature in. And in that same way, as it's a lifestyle, we're called to also be transparent. That's also basic, but it's a lifestyle. We can't say that we're too mature for transparency. Oh, we've outgrown transparency. That makes no sense. We've outgrown being vulnerable. No, if you're a leader... If you're a newcomer, if you're a member that's been in this church for many, many years, I want to give you a chance to just receive this grace right now because it's for every single person in this room. And so, Father, I just pray that right now, Holy Spirit, shine your light, even though it's a little uncomfortable. Even if it's a little uncomfortable, we ask, shine your light over the areas of our hearts, God. Shine your lights over the areas over our mind and our actions and our past that we have yet bring to the light. God, we pray that you would expose it right now, that we may be set free from the bondage, that we may be set free from the shame, that we may be set free from the guilt. Just bring to surface, bring to light right now, Lord. If I can have some of the leaders come up. I want to give you guys an opportunity to actually see how powerful this is. To confess your sin to one another. And to pray for one another that you may be healed. You may be healed for the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. And what I want to do is I want to give you a chance to... Go up to a trusted leader and just begin to speak out. Because even the moment you say it, the power that it has over you is going to break off. The moment that it leaves your lips, the power of that very thing that has kept you captive is going to break off of you. And so I want to invite you. If you know you got something that's been hidden, even if it's a thought pattern, a deception that you've been holding on to, maybe the way that you see yourself, maybe the way that you've been seeing your family, if you have something that you've been, been keeping and holding on to, I want to give you a chance to expose it. Expose it and see that very thing lose all power in your life. So if that's you, I want you to just stand to your feet. I want to give you that chance. And if the rest of you guys can just keep your eyes closed. This is just a private time. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah. And for those that you are standing, why don't you guys come up to the front and just begin to receive prayer. And I want to remind you what PB asked you before I even preach this message. 
And he encouraged you and challenged you to respond, even if it was going to be uncomfortable, even before you knew what I was talking about, whether you're sitting or whether you're standing. I know every single person in this room has something that they need to expose today that you can get set free from today. It could be small. It could be big. It could be years of addiction. It could be a moment. You guys can start praying. Why don't you guys start to pray? But I don't want you guys to lose this opportunity. So, Father, I just pray for strength, supernatural strength, God, to be bold, Lord. I pray for the grace, God, to come upon your people, Lord. I just pray that you would just release, God, oh, Lord, your spirit, Lord, in this place, God. Father, that you will begin to release. Come on, even if you're sitting, begin to pray. Pray for those that are standing. Begin to pray for yourself. Begin to pray that God would establish a culture here at Living Hope that would be one that's transparent and one that's vulnerable. Come on, let's begin to raise our voice and pray. Yeah, God, we just lift that up. We lift the house right now, God. We just pray.